0: To celebrate black history, The Post and Courier is presenting a series of podcasts and video interviews featuring 12 dynamic South Carolina leaders to know. We talk to people from all over the state about their efforts to advance social justice, celebrate black culture, address community needs, and create a better world. Our podcasts and videos will be released monthly through January 2022. To learn about South Carolina's pantheon of social justice warriors, go to postandcourier.com slash blackhistory. Join us in learning about our state's remarkable change agents. Trident Technical College
1: celebrates black history and all the great leaders of South Carolina. Education is improving the lives of others and for leaving your community and your world better than you found it. Marion Wright Edelman.
0: Visit tridenttech.edu to explore educational opportunities and ways to impact your community. Antoine Ford. Hey, nice to meet you. Welcome to to the park and to the Cooper River.
1: On a cold Saturday.
0: On a cold Saturday, I know, I know. Well, it's very, very, very nice to meet you. Um, I've been admiring your work now for a while, and I know you, you have a growing number of local admirers, and admirers beyond of the Country as well. Uh, you're doing some really extraordinary things with Sweetgrass, uh, things that I've never seen done before, and we'll get into that. But I guess I'm curious to know, uh, what, what inspired you to, to even try your hand? at coiling sweetgrass in the first place and how yeah. old were you?
1: <laughs> in the first place. In the first you place. You know, I've been working with sweetgrass now for 31 years. Yeah. So I started when, as far as I can remember, at four years old. Four. Yeah. And they, there's even a possibility that could have been, you know, maybe even younger than that. But you know. Your memory I, doesn't go back that far. I, exactly. <laughs> so that's <laughs> as far back as I can go. And,
0: Your parents were throwing it into the crib, probably.
1: <laughs> no, we yeah. haven't been like that. You know, it was just pretty much, um, it just started with experimenting with uh, the grasses that fell to the floor, you yeah. know, and, you know, picking them up and just twisting. You know, that's what most children do. They pick up the grass and they just twist. And, um, you know, if they feel in their heart that it's going to be a basket one day, then eventually, you know it, it does become a basket one
0: day oh, that's interesting so so initially your, what, what was it your mother your grandmother was sitting at the table making baskets and things were falling off, and you would uh yeah,
1: try to imitate the, her yeah my my grandmother yeah she um she normally she at that time she was working um uh at the hospital she she was working at roper uh in the kitchen. And um, you know her her part time income still had been you know the sweet grass baskets, and so when she would be home, you know she would sit in the kitchen and make and make the baskets, and it, it would always be easier to make the baskets in the kitchen because you can sweep the grass up when it's hard floor, to be finished, right? Yeah, just... So um, and it just kind of began that way, you know, as she's working, you know, us being kids, we would just. <laughs> playing the mess. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It was a thing that was going on. Yeah. And um and then that's how we pretty much learned how to make baskets from just, you know, playing with the grass and um Do and uh, there's a lot of informal training that took place. Do you remember how old you were when you made your first basket? I was seven. You were seven? Yeah. When when I completed my first basket from start to finish. Yeah, I was seven. And was it any good? <laughs>
0: What did your grandmother think of it?
1: She probably liked it, yeah. you know. I mean, I imagine everyone had liked it, you know, because it was a completed piece, you know. It was not It must have um, been encouraging. They must have been happy that you made a mm, a finished
0: basket. That's an accomplishment for I, a
1: 7-year-old. Yeah, and I had a to top. <laughs> oh. And I had a to top. But we called it uh well I called it a jewelry box, you know. I didn't know what to call it. She said, um we'll just call it a jewelry box, you know. And then um my aunt had came by the house. I had just finished like not even ten minutes and I showed her the basket. She's like, Oh, this is beautiful, can I buy this from you? And I said, sure. And so that's when I sold my first basket and Wow. Yeah. Well
0: that's that's a very auspicious start, I would think. Mm-hmm. And so did you have an inkling even at seven that this was something you wanted to keep doing? No, not at all. Not at all. So you were in school, you were playing with friends, you were just being a kid. Right. You know, uh,
1: basket making was just so common in in Hamlin. That's where I grew up at. And um, you know, you can just go and ride your bicycle and just ride around the neighborhood and you'll see at least four, four to five other families just sitting on the porch and they're all working. You know, and it was just a common experience, you know ubiquitous in the
0: neighborhood, <laughs> uh, so you said, oh I guess I have to do this too then. <laughs> the pressure was on
1: <laughs> uh, you know, you just kind of it's just taken for granted really that yeah this was part i of mean them. you know people are are like their communities that they come from naturally, you know, whether you realize they're not in. You know, I, you know, being so young, I didn't even think that that was only particular, that, that was only special to certain, you know, historical Black communities only in Mount Pleasant. You know, I didn't realize how rare that, that really was, not until I b- had become a teenager. You just thought everybody everywhere sits on their porch and makes sweetgrass baskets, cause yeah. That's
0: and speak easy, that's <laughs> speak Ichi. across the country. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, fair assumption for a seven-year-old. I mean, come on. And, uh, and, then, and then what happened uh, during your... Did you have like a formal apprenticeship or
1: it was just learning little by little? It was learning little by little. Yeah. Um, you know, the more, the more I started to take an interest in the craft, the more questions I had asked, um, you know, my grandmother would um, answer them for me. So it was a lot of informal training, but uh, the basics you do catch on very, very early You know, um, I, I, although I started at four, you know, I'm more than sure that at that same time I had already accomplished the basics, you know, and that's just um, to feed the basket and to make it grow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Okay. And then um, when you were a little older, what, what happened? You started to, I mean, you spent some time in Guatemala. You were a teacher. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Your sort of
1: non-sweetgrass basket making life. So in 2008, you know, I had spent some time uh, over in Guatemala teaching English for a little while. You know, I majored in English, so I've always wanted to teach English, but um, I I had really uh, uh, preferred to teach uh, international. Hmm. Um, Just to get out of the country for a while? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, I I always had that interest in, uh, you know, in in ESL. And I had actually been preparing for that move ever since I had probably been about fifteen or sixteen. Oh, wow yeah and you, you um, knew
0: well, what was it a little bit of a rebellion, a
1: little bit of a uh, uh, impetus to escape uh, I th- I always had an interest in, in, in culture and travel okay yeah and um, you know, I just kind of did my research on what areas of the world would be easier for me to jump right into the market um, it would have been easy in China but you know I, I make would make baskets there <laughs> yeah, I didn't really What's want to go to Guatemala China though. It too, would have been—it was too far. I felt Guatemala was perfect because you know, in Guatemala City, it was—it was large enough to have fun, and then yet yeah, still just you know, like a hop and a skip away back to South Carolina if yeah. I needed to come back. So, so,
0: did you enjoy it? How long were you there?
1: Uh, I was there for about six months. Yeah, half a year. Yeah. How's so, your Spanish? Uh, back then, I was fluent. Um, but, but you haven't been using it. Oh no, no, yeah. that's been over 12 years ago so it's like um, use it or lose it and that's what they say and that's true you know so i mean i can it would probably come back really quickly though i i think it would you know because that was my first um fluent experience you know like that didn't happen until i got out there yeah you know because i had spanish in elementary school uh and then again in high school and then again in college but you know i was never fluent until i got out there yeah, you gotta be in the place where right. you hear it all around you and you right. really don't have a choice. Right. And I think that's what gets right. you there. Mm. Yeah. And then just seeing everything in Spanish, you know Billboards in Spanish, American TV shows in Spanish. It's like you have no choice but to the- Yeah. You know start it changes advantage. your perspective
0: of America too. You, say, you start realizing, oh, wait, a minute, there are these all these people who are, aren't in America kind of looking at us or not even bothering, like they're busy with their own stuff. We're not at the center of attention. You know? mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of a refreshing reminder, actually, mm-hmm. sometimes. So um, d- did uh, your experience in Guatemala inspire you artistically in any way?
1: gave you a broader view of the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I was able to see how people, uh, you know, think differently, how they operated differently, how uh, governments even operated, and, you know, things that they allowed that would never pass in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, like taking a bus to school uh, to work in the morning time. You know, we were actually allowed to pack, ourselves on these buses as long as we felt comfortable enough to the extreme and you know there would be people actually hanging out of the the, the doors and holding on to the windows and we're all heading into into downtown going to work yeah. and you know nobody fell off of the bus but you know you would just jump off and shake your afro and go to work <laughs> but um, you know things like that would never fly here in the U.S. No, no. And, people liability (laughs) they don't want want to get
0: sued yeah right
1: (laughs) there it's like ah we lost one whatever or two (laughs) (laughs) terrible yeah that happened a lot too yeah a lot of um and you know they even allowed a lot of robberies and stuff to happen you know and gang members would jump on the bus and rob the bus drivers and it would happen at least um Five to ten times before you even got to your final destination mm. um, in the city, and uh, they all play their role, you know they they just gave the money whenever they came onto the bus, yeah, yeah, so so there was rarely any actual violence, I hope i didn't bump into it that often, but you know there are millions of people around, and sometimes you see things, sometimes you don't, but it's like if you're always busy then I was working like seventy hours a week. Yeah. So wow. Okay. Yeah. And then
0: and then you came back and yeah. I, I you you were thinking about you were back for a break and you were going to go back to Guatemala afterwards but mm-hmm. decided not to. You stayed. Right. And you started getting serious about basket making.
1: Right. Right. So I wanted to get back into sweetgrass, but you know at that time I wasn't quite sure you know what I wanted to do with sweetgrass. You know I I didn't just want to make Uh, you know traditional stuff again Um, because you know I've always had also like an interest in architecture so I was always interested in you know designing and building and I wanted to see you know if I could move more into uh, like the sculpture um, realm of things and um, so I started doing some research on the internet um, uh, like what types of sculptures I could probably make and I was thinking well you know um, I, I, I felt that, you know, maybe sculptures that exhibit some type of movement, you know, would be really cool. And so I started doing research into that. And then that's when I, um, that's when I discovered, um, like, what was considered a fourth dimension, you know, in art and in sculpture. And uh, so it's 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 pretty much been a journey, like, trying to uh, create, well, once I discovered that path, you know. Um, I, I, I Movement said, and dimension. Right. And the, yeah. Right. You know, I, I felt that I wanted to get involved, and you know, I wanted to try to uh, you know use sweetgrass as a medium to try to you know uh, express that. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's been a long journey, um, and it's been a lot of uh, continuous studies as well. You know, because I did eventually bump into just uh, adult psychology, and uh, you know, in just adult psychology, uh, it. it it talks about uh, shape and you know seeing uh, um, an object as a whole rather than its individual parts. parts yeah. um, so I started you know exploring that area, and then I noticed the uh, Gestalt principles. You know, like there are seven major uh, Gestalt principles, and then there have been uh, a lot of uh, other smaller you know principles that have been added over the years. Yeah. You know. Um, so, you know, I feel like, you know, I've been trying my best to, you know, interpret, you know, much of those uh, principles, you know, the best way I could uh, understand them, you know, as an artist. Yeah. And I would try to, um, you know, uh, portray that in my sculpture work. And um, this is sort of the definition
0: of conceptual art. You know, you're taking ideas, mm-hmm. examining ideas that have been expressed in various other forms and um, applying those ideas to your work. Very challenging. I bet. I guess a lot of starts and stops, some failures, some mm-hmm. s- successes. And mm-hmm. What was, like, your biggest failure? <laughs> Where you just said, I'm burning that. <laughs> there must have been one. <laughs> like oh no that that's not gonna work <laughs>
1: <coughs> well you know what um i got a piece now at the house that i haven't working on for 13 months that's all <laughs> <laughs> and, what's taking you so long <laughs> um you know actually you know it's the first piece where i'm actually tying um, two separate sculptures together as one, oh. and I and that's part of the challenge, you know, because the this part has, has to be sturdy, and then the the original part has to be sturdy, and then of course you know playing with the symmetry. I don't know when I'm going to finish that, you know. Um, it could even be a few more years. And as a matter of fact, you know, my the first sculpture, the first sculpture that I did complete, I started in '09. I didn't finish that until 2011. You know, but at least I knew where I was going with it. But this one, you know, there's a lot more that's required of me uh, this time to to complete. Do you ever go
0: down a certain path, realize maybe that's not best, and have to undo the work? Yeah, that happens all the time, too. Now, a word from our sponsors. A special message from former Governor Jim Hodges. Hello, South Carolina. This is Jim Hodges. What I like most about S.C. Whitmore School is the personalized one-on-one attention that each student receives. Students progress through courses at their own pace. You can graduate early or take the time you need to catch up. S.C. Whitmore School is an online public charter high school serving South Carolina students since 2011. Check out scwhitmoreschool.org or call 866-476-6416. The nice thing, though, that you seem to have created for yourself an option that other Sweetgrass basket makers don't have yet, um, and in, in any case, you're a pioneer in this, bending the coil uh-huh. in, in pretty sharp angles. I, I really don't even understand how you manage to do that and keep it so strong, um, but a lot of your work, especially up in the handle, you know, Mm -hmm. above the base of the sculpture, you see these bends in all these interesting directions, which adds to its dimensionality, for sure. Mm -hmm. How do you even do that? Technically?
1: Well, you know, um, the thing about sweetgrass is that it's, it's so flexible. You know, and especially when you're using grade A which is the grade that most basket weavers The softest, the nicest quality. Um, Historically, you know, we can probably rate, um, you know, baskets that had been made during slavery. Maybe uh, those uh, sweet grasses, we can rate them as a grade B at best, you know, because they're more thicker, you know, and then they had to be thicker for agricultural purposes. But, you know, the softer grasses, we can do much more modern art with it. And, um You just have to kind of pretty much know where you're going, you know, with the uh, design or where you um, want to go with things. And your first row is going to be your base, and that has to be pretty strong. And so you want to always be able to come back and cover that base when you're um, making those angles. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you're working, it's sculpture and it's physical and it has weight and gravity is a force to reckon with. And so you need to create balance and yet the illusion of multidimensionality and you're really, your work is so complicated (laughs) in a good way. I mean, it's just, yeah, in a totally good way.
1: And, you know, and I, I said back in '09 that, you know, I was going to get back into sweetgrass, but I wanted to challenge myself, yeah. you know. And I told myself I was going to, was going to, you know, experiment with this for at least another 10 years. And that would have been, you know, 2020, you know, last year. But, you know, the more, um, I feel like I'm getting closer to, uh, you know, creating a uh, five-phenomenon, which is the illusion of movement mm-hmm. in distal psychology. So I feel like I'm getting, you know, closer to achieving that, but, you know, it's gonna take a lot more years and also a lot more other sculptures. And then sometimes you have to just simply let a sculpture be a sculpture. Mm-hmm. You know? And you have to just simply, you know, respect that people are gonna love this about this just the way it is and then end it just the way it is. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Sure. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just accept it for, for the the beautiful thing it is. <laughs> but still, it's interesting that you're on this path of exploration, striving to achieve this ideal, um, this phi phenomenon. Uh, that's unusual. I mean, you know, for many artists, it's unusual, I think, to have this concept to, to try to achieve and express through their art Yeah. sometimes it must be exhausting I, I assume it's, sometimes you just pull back and make a simple basket
1: yeah I do I do and you know a lot of times I'm called to make you know traditional baskets and you know that's actually quite healthy you know to go back and you know just make what you know and just to kind of go back to the basics and that's 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 always a good thing you know
0: so do you, have you found that within the community of people who understand what you're doing and who know something about this tradition,
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you, are you finding a lot of acceptance? Uh, are you sometimes challenged? Like, what the hell is he doing? going on every which way with that thing. I mean,
1: it, what, it, what, it, what has been the response to your work? Um, I think people have... Um have started to get a little more comfortable with my work. And, you know, that actually means that it's time for me to do a little more research. And push know? the envelope a little <laughs> more. <laughs> oh, they like that too much. We have to forge ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's like, you know, there's already like this level of, you know, of, of, of expectation of, of what they think that I would kind of, you know, create next. Because the change has been, very very gradual Mm -hmm. you know um, moving moving forward because there are still some designs that I even want to work on that are from a few years back you see Um, or even some ideas that I like to try to integrate as well so Mm -hmm. um hmm. so um (laughs)
0: who do you look to as role models mm-hmm. and what in addition uh, the second part to that question I might as well just ask it now is um, y- obviously your work is rooted mm-hmm. in Gullah culture mm-hmm. in a long tradition that connects to Africa um, but your you're doing something that sort of transcends the tr- traditional basket making where do you place yourself in in this tradition you know uh, along this um, history who do you look to as for inspiration and, and where do you place
1: yourself I mean, you know, like, like it's a hard question. I had to think about how, how
0: even to ask it,
1: and now, and uh, yeah, that's a hard question to even answer. I know, I know. But um, you know, you had like you you had said a few moments ago ago that it's like I'm a pioneer. I I do kind of feel that way, you know, because um, it's like. It's like if you see something, then you know you can create it. It just kind of takes some time to really make that happen. But like on a whole spectrum of things, um, looking back to the culture, I mean I I think it's pretty amazing, you know, that I'm actually taking this craft and that I actually have the opportunity to use this craft to experiment with math and science. With actually, you know, because, you know, they were using Sweetgrass to Know, make baskets of you know for rice production mm-hmm. and and that was pretty much how they saw it, you know, for centuries.
0: Yeah. I guess the uh the 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 transformation from craft to art has happened in the last twenty to thirty years,
1: would you say? I would say the last seventy years the last 70. 70? Yeah. Yeah. What's that been? 50? 50 years now? Okay. Yeah. 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 That probably makes more sense. Yeah. Like the last half of the... 20th century. Yeah. 20th century, right. Yeah. Yeah. It became something much more. Right. And you know, and of course, we can look to Mary Jackson for that, you know, because because of her work. The great Mary She was the first person to show that, you know, the baskets can be appreciated as art. Yeah. So... So so that's that's pretty
0: awesome. I think she's also set the record for making the biggest ever basket. Yeah. <laughs> right? which she calls never again. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just so labor intensive. <laughs> yeah. What does Mary Jackson think about
1: your work? I think she's a, a fan. Yeah. I think she's a fan. Yeah. Um I I haven't, you know, reached out to her uh in a number of years. Probably about maybe seven or eight years ago now. Yeah, I think she's still, uh, still a fan of my work. So your goal now is to achieve
0: the phi phenomenon, mm-hmm. P-H-I, mm-hmm. you should specify, the phi phenomenon.
1: That's your ultimate goal. That's my ultimate goal. And um, to create that in sculpture, I, I think I'm going to actually have to... Um, you know bring in the mathematical concept of like what was considered fourth dimension with uh, 3D space adjacent to the 3D space which is why I think I'm having uh, such a hard time with the piece at the house now because it's two separate pieces that I'm trying to you know blend in together mm-hmm. and I'm actually just looking through you know different pieces of just psychology to see what I could try to integrate you know uh, into into it but you're having fun I hope I Sounds do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes you just bang your head against the wall. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I celebrate like once I get a piece to actually stand up. You know, I like I I celebrate you and crack I just open a up. bottle of
0: champagne. <laughs> it stands. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, do you have any um, exhibits or shows? Planned or hoped for. I know we're in the still in the middle of a pandemic, and it's mm-hmm. hard to know what's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, over the course of 2021. But
1: uh, um, I have an exhibit uh, going on right now at uh, Brook Green Gardens. Oh, yeah, up until uh, the first week of April. Okay. And uh, as of this moment, that's uh, that's all. Uh, you know that that I've got planned um, you know if I could kind of sit back and you know wait until 22 you know I think that'll probably be you know be better to yeah. you know exhibit mm-hmm. some other for exhibits releases. yeah yeah it's a it's a weird year and people
0: are still uncomfortable a little mm-hmm. bit going out and being obviously in close proximity to others mm-hmm. but I guess that gives you time to um, strive for phi <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> We're laughing, but this is deadly, serious business. It is. Yeah, I know. It is. I, I mean, know. I'm glad you can feel me on that. I, I understand. No, I do. I really do. I'm not, in no way am I belittling that. Um, well, that's excellent. Thank you very much, Antoine Ford, uh, for explaining your work to us and Thank allowing us you. to celebrate that work uh, and showing us how it's so connected to the culture, but how it looks to the future. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks
1: Thank for you all you so do. Much.
0: 12 Black Leaders to Know is a special series of The Post and Career, produced by Chris Zeller, with interviews conducted by Adam Parker, and video production by Matthew Crum. Thank you to our sponsors Bank of America, College of Charleston, Master of Business Administration, South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts and Humanities, Claflin University, Nefron Pharmaceuticals, South Carolina Whitmore School, Ingevity, South Carolina Buy Black Locally, Trident Technical College, and Middleton Place. To learn about South Carolina's pantheon of social justice warriors, visit postandcourier.com slash blackhistory.